Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Yes, it's good to be back in Idaho. We're just, uh, my daughter and I were just tuning into our service back at home. We're still uh, all online, worshiping through the screen, and uh, it's definitely, uh, as you know, I'm, you guys had that for a while, and it's definitely a challenge, but it's, uh, it's also a privilege. It's also a privilege to be, I had a, a, a great mentor, great friend, great pastor, uh, and I was talking to him one day, and just complaining. You know, you got to have people you can complain. You got to complain up, though. You don't want to complain down. You want to complain up. And so I was complaining to him about something. I don't remember what it was. And, and he said, Nick, he said, remember that you should feel awfully privileged that God has assigned you to this time. This isn't, this isn't normal. This isn't, this isn't as it's always been. There's an assignment here. And it's important for us to remember that as the church. It's important to remember that what we are experiencing in our country um, with COVID, socially, politically, it is important that you remember that this is not an interruption in what God is doing. Because if you're, if you're not careful, you can get the idea that, well, things were going great, and then something happened, some demon got a hold of the wheel and jerked us into off the freeway, and now God's trying to get us back. Don't buy that nonsense. Don't buy the idea that somehow God is not in control. This is not what I was going to preach to you about, but I just felt like this is a word today. This is part of the assignment. What is happening in the world may be, in fact, extremely challenging and, and difficult, but the world's always been challenging and difficult, and God's answer for the world has always been the church, not a church that hunkers down, and Lord, please let us know when it's safe to come out again, but a church that has been planted, a church that is a group of exiles that is always, in a sense, in a foreign country longing for home but has an assignment. That's why God tells us to pray for and seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. That's our assignment. And so I just want to encourage you today that whatever, wherever you're at, wherever you're um, plugged into the challenge of this time, just remember that God has you in that assignment for a reason. You're not waiting for some better thing to come along, and it's not like God's been unprepared for all of this. This is the assignment. So just ask the Lord, in, instead of asking God, Lord, fix this so we can get back to normal, say, Lord, how can I more fully enter into what it is that you're doing right now? Because this is what God's doing. This, all of this. All the masks, all the social unrest, that's, this is where God is right now. So how do we as the church enter into that? Amen? Okay, that's not what I was going to preach, but I just want to give you that today. So um, I just want to bring you a word of encouragement today, uh, something that I've been thinking about and um, preaching about a lot, and that is how we hear from God. And so if you want to grab your Bible or your app or your tablet, whatever you're looking the scripture up on this, just go to Psalm 1, Psalm chapter 1. Uh, Psalm 1 is a great passage. It's, like a great, it's a great life chapter. If you want to wake up every day and read one thing to sort of get you aligned, Psalm 1 is a good one. It's a good one. 
So let's read it together. He says this, Blessed is the man, or if you grew up like I did under the King James, blessed (laughs) is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, excuse me, and stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of, rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Um, so let's talk about for a second about how we experience God and, and how we hear God's voice, because that's really what we're looking for, right? We're looking for, Lord, how is it that I hear you clearly in whatever stage of life I'm in right now? If you are in a challenging stage of life right now, if you're in a tumultuous overturn stage, if you're in a what do I do next stage, um, and certainly as, as a member of this church, we're in a like, Lord, what's our assignment to the Treasure Valley stage, right? And, and so, so the question really always comes back to like, how do we hear from God? And, and my experience has been that in this time, it's not the, it, 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 the, the emotion that I, I experience most often personally in, in, in talking to people and pastoring people is that people get, you get frustrated, right? Because it feels like, Lord, where, how do we, where do we direct our energy when some of the things that we normally would have been taken away from us? Where, where do we direct our energy? How do I get my assignment clear and move forward? Um, how, do I, how do I discern your will in this challenging season I'm in? And so we're always kind of asking that, and, and there is a promise of God, a promise of blessing to those who hear God's voice and obey it, but it's interesting because God continually does this. He comes back, like in Psalm 1, and he compares us. He says, you're going to be like a tree. Like a tree, right? Just be a tree for a second. Let's get a tree, a tree frame of mind here. Um, this is 2020. And we are, yeah, very good, excellent. Um, we are in 2020, which means that we are expecting things to change very quickly, right? If I don't like something or if I want to change something, it needs to be now. I can't tell you how many times, I, mean, I was just in here today and, and whatever my cell phone company is, they don't have a great reception here. And it was taking like five or six seconds to load the live stream for our church and I was momentarily frustrated by this six seconds of my life that I will never get back. (laughs) And yet, when God talks about you and what he is doing in your life, he says you're going to be like a tree. Trees don't grow quickly. The life of a tree is a life of steady, nourishing, progressive, day-by-day growth. And a healthy tree every day gets a little bit stronger and a little bit bigger and a few more leaves and eventually a little bit of fruit. And so he's trying to tell us something about ourselves, and you need to embrace this because this will really, when you grab it, it will really help you. And it will help you in one sense to not get anxious and frustrated because things aren't moving quick enough for you. He says you're going to be like a tree, slow, steady, flourishing growth, roots going deep down, a lifetime of 
standing strong, weathering storms, bearing the fruit of the tree eventually to nourish other people around you. You get in the metaphor he's using, like this is all very intentional. And you can find this metaphor all the way throughout the scripture. And in fact, Jesus was like obsessed with trees. He kept using them for metaphors when he was teaching. So like a tree. So when you read this passage, you got to say, okay, here's, here's a, hang on, I'm, I'm a tree. And God wants to, to see me slowly nourishing growth expanding, roots going down, able to weather the storms, able to stand firm in the challenging seasons and when rain and sleet come and, and, and growing and eventually the flourishing of the branches and eventually the fruit that is meant to nourish other people, right? Because Jesus told us that a tree for its own sake is not doing anything. It's if it bears fruit that it makes a difference, what Jesus is looking for, right? So, so if we're going to do that, if we're going to adopt this mindset, especially in COVID country or COVID time, we have to train ourselves to receive and to hear what it is God is doing and how to enter into that so we can get maximum nourishment and eventually produce maximum fruit. And the interesting thing about this chapter is that he kind of gives this, this is what I, I've preached this a couple times recently to different uh, crowds, but I, I called it, he teaches us how to tune, what to tune out and what to tune in. And so let's just go down the, the, the list here. So grab your Bible and just go down the list here for a second. And, and let's talk about how to fully enter into and to fully receive what it is God wants to do in your life right now. So the first thing we have to do is learn what to tune out. We all have uh, voices we listen to. We all have people we trust. We all have environments that shape us. We have a past that we have produced, been produced from. But eventually, as you grow, you're going to come to the realization that some of those people and voices and environments are things that no longer serve the purpose of God in your life. And the mature believer, the person who's pursuing God, is going to be kind of surgical in looking at things and saying, this no longer belongs in my life. And, and, and if the better you get at that, the, the more progress you'll make and the quicker it'll go. So uh, when the when Bible talks about God's voice, in fact, it's always talking about God's voice as a still, small voice. You don't want God shouting at you. Seriously, like sometimes we're like, God, speak clearly. And every time God has to do that, it, it, you know, it, it was Saul riding down the road and he had to strike him down with lightning and blinded him. Like, I'd rather not have to go through that process every time God wants to make a course correction in my life, right? Like, I don't want earthquakes and stuff getting my attention. I want to be able to hear the still small voice of God gently correcting me and moving forward. But in order to do that, I have to be able to listen. And in order to listen, I have to know what to tune out, the static I have to tune out. You ever listen? Like, just, let's just listen for a minute. So when you're hearing things, right? I hear like a little bit of air conditioning. I hear the, the low rumble. Like, like so we don't do this enough. Like we actually just tune out everything so we can hear. Some of you, this may have been the quietest place. I have three kids, so this may be the quietest moment I've had this whole week. <laughs> so, so spiritually growing people understand that hearing God's voice isn't saying God shout or speak louder. It's, it's adjusting or tuning out things that shouldn't be in the mix so that we can hear God clearly, right? Okay, so he gives us three things here. So, so get your Bible and let's roll through these real quick. He says, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's people. Um, what does it mean to walk in someone's counsel? Walking in someone's counsel is, 
It's talking about the people that have permission to speak into your life. It's people that like have access to your decision-making process. And, and that's actually conscious or unconscious. If you actually sought and thought about it for a second, you realize there are people that have access to your life that you didn't actually give. You gave permission by, by not saying anything, right? But it's like regular access. They affect the way I think and, and, and act. And, and, and look, here's just, you know, big picture. There are some voices that shouldn't have a high level of influence in our life. And what he says is walking in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? Ungodly would be those who don't possess the maturity... Um, humility, or, or really just spiritual authority to have access to my decision-making process. Okay, not necessarily bad people that I don't want to ever associate with. I'm not talking about cutting people off. We have to be careful as Christians we don't buy into the idea that we're supposed to cut people off that don't positively impact it. But, but, but just limiting their access because they don't have the level of maturity or spiritual maturity or uh, to speak into my soul. And, and you can tell that just who they are, are they connected to the church, how do they handle their money, do they honor their spouse, what's their disposition like, what's their work ethic like. I have a good friend um, that, that said it this way, and I loved it so much I stole it the first time I, I talked about this subject, but he said, I have this tendency to isolate from the right people and gravitate to yes people. Because there's like people in your life that are yes people. They think every idea you have is great. I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, I'm totally do that. And it feels really good, but we have to beware of people that just simply agree with every decision we make because that may not, there may be corrective voices. And in fact, here's what Tim Keller said one time. He said, he said, beware of aligning yourself with a God that thinks everything that you think. Right? Like, like because if, if that's the God you serve, how do you know that you're actually serving God and not just a construct of your own will and your own prejudices and all that, right? So, like, here's the point he's making here. There are people that you may like but aren't qualified to have access to your decision-making process because they're not aligned with the same things you're aligned with. Cool? Okay, so that's one thing you've got to, like, work on tuning is analyzing the people in your life and saying, who is it that has access here? Let's... Um, and, and here's just the question. Um, who is one voice in your life that could stand some scrutiny? Who's one person in your life whose access to you could stand to be challenged? It got quiet when I said this the first time, too, so we'll just keep going here. Okay? Okay. So, and in fact, if you go through and, I'll, uh, go through and, and read your scripture, the Bible talks about in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. And he talks about the need that we have to press into our church community and, and, and grow together and have people that are walking in faith with you and get into the groups and get into your discipleship track and get into your school. Let the elders of the church speak into your life. Like God's assigned those people to have positive impact and, and, and nourishing impact in your life, okay? Okay, cool. Let's keep going here. Okay, so he says, um, he says you got to tune out. He says, blessed are you that... Uh, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And then the second thing he says is uh, that stands in the way of sinners. And standing is just about um, places. It's about environments. Um, and, and bluntly speaking, he says places where you know you ought not to be. And that can be places that simply don't uh, exalt Christ. It can be 
places that are filled with temptation for you, that when you know when you go there, you're going to be leaned on toward things that God doesn't have for your life. And you kind of objectively know these things already. Um, it can be, it's just like kind of the opposite of the church. It can be, frankly, just like how much time you spend on social media. I mean, look, if it's not clear to you already, and I use social media all the time, it's, our, it's a primary mechanism for communicating with the church. But the fact is, if you haven't read the news, the, the, the idea of social media being sort of a snapshot of everybody's ideas is totally false. It's a carefully curated narrative by people who understand the power of um, everybody's doing this, everybody's thinking this. And so what we have to be careful is we don't spend too much time dwelling on somebody else's carefully curated feed for us, especially not, and this is why I always tell my church, especially not first thing in the morning when you're reading what everybody wrote at 2 o'clock in the morning when they couldn't sleep and their decision-making was all askew, right? Like, like places matter. Like where you get input in places matter. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of roads. We live in, west, in the West County. We call it West County. So like we're on the west side of our town, and then there's like the, the county. And we live out there, and there's a lot of roads out there where the cell signal is just horrible. And I'm always on the phone when I'm, I'm driving, talking to people, and, you know, but I know there are some roads that I can't drive down if I want to communicate with people. It's like it's just a no-go zone. Because if I go on that road, we're getting, I'll call you later. So the simple question he asked is, where are the no-go zones for God's voice in your life? Where are the in places and environments that, lead, that press you into the opposite direction that you want to be walking in? You with me so far? Okay, so, and then the last one he gives us here, and then we'll flip to the good stuff. The last thing he says we got to tune out, he says, you gotta, he says that sit in the seat of the scornful. This is an interesting one for our time right now. Because this is talking about your position, the position you take to the world. Your position affects your reception, where you are. I, I, when I was in college, I... I, I'm like a, I was just, a, just wired as a back row guy. I always just want to sit back and kind of observe. And, and I noticed after a while that it was the people that sat up front that always were like head of the class and got really good grades. And, and there was just something about that sort of lean in, let me get close to it mentality that I recognized actually had a lot more impact on people's lives than, 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 I, than just like where you were sitting. Your position, like the position that you take, and even just like how you receive the word. We've talked a lot about this with being, you know, kind of online church because, um, you know, as much as we would like to think that our on online church is people in their living rooms standing up and praising God in front of the TV and, you know, <laughs> statistically, half of them haven't even gotten out of bed yet. <laughs> Cup of coffee and the cell phone. And so we always talking to people about, like, your position matters, like how you approach. We're always telling people, listen, don't let it break your routine. Get up on Sunday morning, have some coffee, have some breakfast, take a shower, get ready. Like, get your body positioned to receive. And, and this is true. I'll just do your pastor a favor right now. And by the way, I didn't honor our, your pastors before I stopped. So Lynn and Renee, um, just want to honor your pastors and all the good work they're doing here and in front of you. That's important. And so let me just do them a favor here and, and say what every pastor wants to say, but it sounds kind of obnoxious if they say it. It matters how you approach worship and the word in church. Amen. And let me just say, you have the benefit of being able to be in church today, but your posture, we use this posture in our church called lean in. 
there is like this sit back, impress me preacher, I hope you're doing something that has to do with my life today. There's, that's one posture. Or there's the, I'm going to be here with my Bible and my notes and my app, and I'm going to lean in, I'm going to expect God to feed me, and I'm going to make sure I write it down because statistically I'm going to remember about 3% of what the preacher actually says today. That's a fact, by the way. And so I'm going to lean in and expect that God is actually downloading me, and I want to catch it all. Like, like that does actually affect how much you receive in a service. Some of you guys just sat up straight while I was saying that, so that's great. But your position matters, and, and that's what he's talking about. And, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this phrase, though, is because the actual, the, 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 the literal reading of that sits in the seat of the scornful. What is the seat of the scornful? What he is talking about is, the, is a sense of sort of false superiority where you sit above everybody else. And it's kind of like looking down from a position of, like, cynical judgment, and boy, if that doesn't describe the sort of social media culture we live in right now. What? Are you a masker or an anti-masker? Come on. Can I get into your kitchen for just a minute before I get to the good stuff? Are you a Democrat or Republican? And yeah, I know where I'm preaching right now. But you know where I'm from. <laughs> and boy, let me just, can I just share from my heart right now? This, this can be a problem for the church in this time. Because everyone else is modeling this. I've got it figured out. What's wrong with you people? Haven't you had a revelation? If everybody would just wear a mask, we'd be done with this. You obnoxious jerks. Let me do another one. You mask-wearing, deceived lunatics. Don't you know this is all a big scam and a hoax that they're perpetuating to try to keep the church from meeting? Did I get everybody yet or no? And our culture teaches us to adopt this seat of the scornful where we sit in pious, cynical judgment over everybody else and just kind of look down on them. I feel better just being above you all right now. And tap into everybody, everybody else who thinks of us and like each other's Facebook posts and make these slide little conversations and think that somehow that doesn't affect how we treat other people. And what he says in this text is simply this, that that seat of the scornful when adopted mocks the throne of God who, despite suffering no rival and being in perfect omniscient judgment over all, stepped off his throne and made himself subject to people in order that they may have a place to come toward him. Do we have that mindset? And he says, if you want to get on God's team, you have to step off the seat of the scornful. You won't hear from God when you're sitting in judgment over somebody else. You won't hear from God in the seat of the scornful, cynically commenting on everybody else's stuff. But the thing is, no also, nowhere will you hear the voice of God more clearly than when you are giving your life in service to and for each other and building bridges toward the people, especially the people who don't think like you do. I knew it was going to get quiet when I talked about this today. I wasn't even sure I should have said this today, but... 
But boy, I tell you what, God is calling, in, in this time, God is not calling the church to build up brick walls and isolate and say, you guys, all you deceive people out there. He's calling us to reach out and build bridges to people. Okay. All right, so let's, let's, let's turn the corner here. So he says you've got to tune out. You've got to analyze the people, places, and positions that you take so that God can speak clearly. But then he flips it and he says, sorry, I lost my place here. Here we go. Uh, he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Well, I like that part. So what does that mean? That's just talking about tuning in to what God is doing. And so he's saying, if you just imagine that tree, he says, he's talking about your proximity to the life-giving flow of God, right? Planted by the streams of water. So it doesn't just matter what we tune out. We also want to tune in. And what does he give us? He gives us a couple of things. I'm just going gonna, gonna to go through this quickly, but I'll tell you primarily, objectively, where the life-giving flow of God is found in your life. And I'm not, not going to get all existential spiritual. I'm talking about objectively where it is, and here they are. Number one, in my Bible. Number two, in my church. Proximity to those two things matters more than anything else. My Bible and my church. Look, read what he says here. He says... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law he meditates day and night. That, what, that word meditates is a Hebrew word, and I actually looked it up for you. It's a Hebrew word, dagah, which means to ponder by talking to yourself. Now, I was always told that talking to yourself was like a crazy thing to do. And may in fact be, I do do it quite a bit, but he actually advocates for that. He says on this law he meditates, and what he's saying meditate is he's, he's got the scripture and he's continually reflecting on it through the course of the day. The Bible is just not something that we, we take little verses out of context and post them online. And, and it's not just something that we hear on Sunday and then don't ever pick up again. It's something that's supposed to be, it, it's, it's, it's a meditative thing that was supposed to be cycling through our mind and our heart every day. You know, one of the things that's interesting about this time period is we're living in the end of postmodernism, which is what they call dis- deconstructionist time. Deconstructionist is breaking down institutional and cultural, obviously the word monuments, you've got to be careful about that. But, um, so, for example, right, defund the police is a deconstructive phrase. Take apart authority. Um, I'm not making a political comment. I'm just saying that that's a reflection of our postmodern culture. It's the same as true of the church. Any sort of authority structure is being deconstructed. Even truth. And, and our, our culture is in the middle of a big struggle right now because we're saying two things that simultaneously are fighting against each other. We're saying, number one, live your truth. Reach inside yourself. Discover what it is that you like, who you are, what your feelings and emotions are, and live that. And then we're also saying there's objective truth that applies to everyone no matter how you feel. Like, don't be racist. Those two things can't always be true at the same time. And so our culture is like grinding against each other right now with this. They're saying, live your truth, but don't do this. No wonder we're confused, right? And so as truth is being deconstructed, as Christians, we're sitting here going, where is it we're going to find truth? Well, it's in the Bible. The Bible is the objective truth for our lives. The Bible is true for all people at all times in all places. 
And so we go to the scripture. And we test the truth and we let the truth cycle through us. I love, you guys seen that when you, when you try to pay with a big bill at a store and they give it a little marker, you know, and it's supposed to say if, there's a fake, if it's a fake bill. The Bible is the, is, the little, is the marker that tests things for truth. And so one of the ways that we do this is we don't allow ourselves to be dragged by the culture. We don't allow ourselves to be caught up in the tailwind of the culture. I'm not saying we condemn the culture, but I'm saying we don't let ourselves be pulled along and let cultural values dictate it. We're always going back to the truth, even and especially when it's counterculture. A friend of mine said, uh, was talking about the Bible, and he said this, and I love it. He said, the Bible has infinite depth. There is always another layer of treasure to be unearthed in the Scripture. You don't have it figured out. I go back through my Bible sometimes, and I'll read it. And I'll read the verse, and I've written it down. And sometimes I'm really obnoxious about it. It's like I read in the, I write in the margins, like, this is what this verse means. Got it. Don't ever, I can preach this again again. I've got this one. And then I'll go back, like, five years. You ever done this? Like, five years later, and you're like, oh, wow. That was dummy. That's not even close. Like, we've gone way deeper than that. Time to scratch that out and go deeper. There's infinite truth. There is always more in God's word. There's always another layer ready to be on earth. If I can challenge you, no matter where you are, if you're sitting here today and you never read your Bible, or you're here today and you've been reading it for a long time, I want to encourage you in this today. There's always another layer to be unearthed in the Word of God. There's always a new revelation of truth, and especially in this time, we need that truth. And then, of course, the church, he says, the delight is in the law of the Lord. And, and I, I love that he used the word delight. I love I love how God speaks through his word. I love this environment. Don't you love just coming in to church and, 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 and you know, I, I get to sit under great preachers and just hearing the word unpacked and expound and going, wow, I never thought of that. Wow, that's great. Oh, the, wow, that's for me. Like, don't you love that, like, delight in that? Like, you feel like you're going to leave better today? Like, like a, little more, uh, a little more knowledge, a little more confidence in God? I do. This environment that God creates for us with the church reveals depth and truth and clarity and, and encouragement. It lights our souls and it draws us closer to God and draws us closer to each other. I love the change in countenance that happens when someone hears the word of God and God starts speaking to their lives. And so I, I just, I want to encourage you too that, especially when it comes to the church, um, don't limit the preached word in your life as simply information you're receiving that may be useful. Don't limit that. This is about God speaking in the moment to your spirit. There's something so much more alive than just getting information. So, what's the result? He says, if you tune out the things that are, are, are causing static in your life and you tune in on where God has placed you in the moment and what God has placed in your life, says the result is, you're going to be like a tree, and it says it's going to bring forth fruit in season. Your leaf will not wither, and everything you do will prosper. Um, this word, in season, learning to hear God's voice, learning to get into alignment with God is a process. It's not just a switch you flip. It's a process. It's something that takes time. Like a tree, it takes time to develop. A tree starts as a like a sprig and, or seed, you know, of course, grows up, grows up, branches go out, and then you get the leaves, and then the very last thing is what? The fruit. Like, the fruit comes way at the end. And, of course, we don't like that. We want the fruit now. Can I put the fruit on credit until it grows up? 
but it's a process. And I just want to encourage you right now, don't be discouraged if you don't see like your aha moments and like your fruit bearing season right away. Some of you are in right now in growing season. Some of you have just started or have not yet started trusting God. Maybe you're here today and you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. You've never been baptized. I want to say, I'm so glad you're here today. Come talk to me afterwards if I can help you in any way. This is the right place for you. There's no, there's, no, uh, there's no scanner or anything that says you qualify to come into this room. But wherever you are, maybe you're a seed that hasn't sprouted yet. Maybe you're still growing. Maybe you're still getting the branches out. Maybe the leaves have just started to sprout. Don't be discouraged um, if you are not front of house fruit bearing in that season. Because God talks a lot about this. He says, you're going to be either two things. You're either going to be a non-fruit bearing tree that I'm going to cut down and get rid of because you're useless. Or you're going to be a fruit-bearing tree that I'm constantly having to prune. Uh, so some of you are like, I used to be really on top of it, and right now I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, first of all, join the club. I didn't see in 2020, like we all started 2020 with everyone had the same message. 2020 vision, right? Like it was so obvious. 20, we're going to see 2020, 2020 vision. Nobody thought that what that meant was global pandemic shut the churches and everything else down, everybody wearing masks, riots in the streets. That was not the idea we had for 2020 vision. Am I right? Like, like that wasn't like, in the, that wasn't the lane we thought we were going to run in. And guess what we've discovered? This is a pruning season. Hey, um, I, I lose a lot of sleep because I know there are people that I can't, physically see weekend to weekend that probably won't come back to church because they were just hanging on to the social environment and now that that's not been provided they're going to fall away and as a pastor I literally lose sleep and it breaks my heart but I do also recognize that that's what God is doing here it's not my job to fix everybody and I know that the people that God has called to his church are going to take this pruning season and the owie of, you know, when you prune, like you prune good stuff back. You prune back things that you'd really like to keep but need to be cut back so that healthy growth can go in the next season. And so I just want some of you to know, wherever you're at right now, you may not be feeling God and having Holy Ghost crazy experiences every day. You may not even be having your aha moments in the scripture every day, but it's a pruning season. And some of us are experienced the pruning we're experiencing the cutting back. We're experiencing the realignment. God's saying, I want to redirect this, and I need to cut back some of this. Hey, some of the resources you were allotting to this stuff, that's not going to work. I want you to cut that off because here's where I want. I want this stuff to be way healthier, and you were spending too much time on this over here. So we're going to cut that back. Am I preaching to you today or what? Like, I'm going to cut that back, and we're going to divert the, the resources to this so that this can be healthy because that's what you're going to need in the next season. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Some of you, I tell you what. Some of you, your roots are just supposed to be getting deeper in this season. Keep pressing in. Keep coming to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep staying encouraged. Keep reaching out. I know you feel lonely, but keep reaching out. I know this isn't, I know you feel the tension of our culture right now, but don't let it get discouraged. You keep your roots going, going deeper. Hey, some of you are, your, your branches are, are growing out. You don't have any fruit yet, but your branches are getting strong enough to bear the fruit that God wants to put on them. They're not strong enough yet, but they will be. Keep reaching in. Keep reaching out. Keep growing, keep reading, keep pressing in, 
Keep, keep coming to God. Keep tuning the wrong things out. And keep tuning into the right things because there's another season coming. 2020, we had it all wrong, man. 2020 wasn't no, like, let's take the church forward in Jesus' name. No, no, 2020 was a pruning season. Now, 2021, on the other hand, we'll see what fruit comes out. Right? Hey, stand up with me today. Let me pray for you. So this is, just an, this is an invitation to draw closer to the source, draw closer to God and who he is. And so let me just pray for you right now. And wherever you're at, would you open your heart and open your mind? Um, close your eyes. Just allow the people next to you to, to be alone with the Lord right now. And, and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you for a second. What kind of tree are you? If you're here today and, and you're, you say, I'm, I'm, I'm just here checking it out. I, I believe that in this moment, as you hear the truth of God from his word, the gracious, loving truth of God, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you in this moment. And he's going to say, you, somewhere in your soul, he's going to say, this is true. And he's speaking directly to you. He's saying, I want you to know me and to love me as I know and love you. And I hope today that if that's you in this moment, that you will not leave here without making a decision to take a next step in faith. I hope you won't leave here without talking to somebody and, and finding out how to get baptized and um, starting the process of growth that God has for you. God envisions you as a tree, a flourishing tree in his garden, not just to be a tree, but to bear fruit, to have an impact, to make a difference in people's lives. There's so much for you. And for those of you that are in different stages, wherever you're at, I don't know what your tree looks like. Some of yours needs... Some of you are experiencing deep pruning. Some of you are, um, some of you are right in the, in the this, is your, this is your time and you're bearing fruit and you're sustaining the church through all this, wherever you are. I just want you to know that um, it is being planted by the nourishing flow of Christ. It is being planted by the streams of water, the word of God, the church of God. Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't get discouraged just because you don't see amazing immediate fruit right now. It's pruning season. Understand the season. He says you'll bring forth fruit in your season. Your season may be pruning back right now. That's what God does too. You're right in alignment with him. Keep doing it. Lord, I pray right now in this moment for those that are recognizing in this moment that maybe some of the frustration or discouragement or confusion they're experiencing is it's not because God's lost or God's not in control because it's because no one likes being pruned but I just we just receive the necessary and, in, and as a church Lord in this time where so many of our people aren't here and we're dealing with sickness and we receive the season of pruning as a down payment Lord God we receive we enter into this season with you knowing that it reminds us that you too were pruned you too gave yourself to be up onto the cross we enter into the season with you knowing that where pruning is where sacrifice is joy is on the other side fruitfulness is on the other side and so I just pray that blessing over Valley Church every person here today we ask, Lord God, that you would continue to grow and cultivate this church in this area, in the Treasure Valley. Lord, let it be fruitful. Let many come to know you through the work of this church. Let our neighbors, our co-workers, Lord, give us, give us just 
give us gracious hearts and gracious mouths, Lord Jesus. Let us not be found in the seat of the scornful, but instead reaching out, building bridges, calling those, Lord God, even those that are completely opposite of us, that you may be glorified in this time, Lord. Pray that blessing on this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.